Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cold Feet Podcast. Join our journey as we interview people in this cold plunge and we delve on the adventure of holistic health, athletic development, barefoot education, washing the norm, and so much more. So dive in, grab a hot cocoa, and enjoy the episode. Before we start our podcast episode, we would like to give a brief shout out to our podcast sponsors. Most shoes harm your mobility by over-restricting your foot's natural movement. With the Ursus from Barefoot Athletics, a shoe designed with minimal restrictions, your feet can move the way nature intended, so you can move with more confidence and strength in every step. Barefoot Shoes was founded by Chris Duffin, who attributes proper foot biomechanics as foundational to his success in squatting and deadlifting over 1,000 for reps. He created Barefoot Shoes to provide a minimal shoe designed for strength athletes. Go to barefoot.shoes slash TBSR to check out the Ursus and you can save 10% with the code TBSR10 to purchase the strongest minimalist shoe available. As a gym owner, I usually lift barefoot. When I can't lift barefoot, I love lifting in my barefoot shoes for both the health benefits of lifting barefoot and the increased ground feel I have in all my lifts. You don't need supplements to build muscle, lose fat, and get healthy, but the right ones can help. That's why over 350,000 fitness folk have chosen Legion. Well, that and their 100% natural products, their clinically effective ingredients and doses, and their no-hassle money-back guarantee. I've been following Michael Matthews, the CEO of Legion Athletics Journey, since 2012, and I am super duper impressed with their supplements. They have a wide variety of everything from protein powders, pre-workouts, post-workouts, omega-3s, and bundles. And you can save a whooping 20% with the discount code HABER, H-A-B-E-R. So just log in to legionathletics.com, and the discount code is HABER for 20% off. Earthrunners are some of my favorite minimalist sandals. Earthrunners were created to rewild our lives in response to the typical modern domesticated lifestyle, which is causing numerous health, psychological, and social issues. Through rewilding and grounding, we aim to bring stronger, healthier, and more resilient individuals and communities back to our society. If you're not familiar with grounding, grounding is exposing your bare feet or body to the earth beneath you. And if you're unable to do that, you can ground with sandals like Earthrunners with their unique copper plug and copper laces. Grounding has a huge display of benefits such as reducing inflammation, improving sleep, and improving happiness. So you can check out Earthrunners at earthrunners.com and you can use our discount code of TBSR10 to get 10% off. All right, so I want to begin my fitness and health journey and I have absolutely no idea where to start because there are so many elements. Do I need to strength train? Do I need to do cardio? Do I need to eat well? Do I need to sleep well? How do I train? Should I do body weight? Should I do calisthenics? Should I train in the gym? Should I do TRX? Should I go to the local Pilates class? Should I eat protein? Should I not eat protein? Should I eat egg yolks? Should I not eat egg yolks? Should I eat vegetables? Vegetables are bad for you. There's so much Uh, different information out there that many times contradicts itself. So let's start off simply. There's many elements of what defines... Oh my God, what's this guy doing? There's many elements of what defines healthy. And I'm not going to define healthy for you because only you get to define what healthy means for you. 
But first and foremost, before we start going to the gym and before we start, you know, eating healthy, let's just look at our lifestyle. Do we have a very sedentary lifestyle? Do we sit all day in front of the TV? Do we sit all day at work? That's the first thing that can be changed before we even, you know, schlep out of our way to drive or to walk to the gym because simply by moving more every day you're already becoming a more uh, a healthier human being you're sitting less you're moving more you're going to be mobilizing your joints simply by walking you don't even have to do any fancy yoga class to get you know deep stretching in you just have to move more after you start incorporating movement more in your life and that could mean taking the stairs instead of the uh, escalator or elevator it could mean that walk to work instead of instead of driving to work it can mean that take your dog for an extra walk every day but after you work on that extra movement then we want to look into the beautiful world of strength training now why do I choose strength training first because if we were to run or to walk or any sort of what's known as cardiovascular activity it's usually not making lasting changes in my body now what does that mean yes when I walk consistently at a at a elevated heart rate pace i can change the way that the systems in my body work whether it's the respiratory system whether it's the aerobic capacity system i can obviously train my heart which is why it's been always very recommended physicians to get physical activity but i'm not inherently getting a big bang for my buck okay so i did my half an hour walk as exercise and you know maybe i burned 300 calories fantastic but there's no lasting after effect. I'm not in putting enough muscular damage in my body for it to grow and say, okay, bud, it's time to get better. It's time to build muscle. It's time to get stronger. Walking is good. Don't get me wrong. It does help with mobility and it is good for you, but I'm not going to look as walking as my daily activity. I already want more movement in my life unrelated to whether or not walking is an exercise. I want to start strength training. And the reason for that is, is because any form of resistance training, it doesn't matter whether it's body weight or gym or TRX or any form of moving your body against some form of resistance does a lot of beneficial things to your body. Number one, it helps you get stronger. Now, when I say stronger, I don't inherently mean turning into a bodybuilder overnight because good luck with that. What I do mean is when you get stronger and when you lift things and push things and pull things and squat things, you're suddenly going to be better at life because what is life? Life is, I mean, in our sedentary lifestyle, perhaps this model went away, but life is picking up stuff, carrying stuff, carrying our kids, putting things on shelf, pushing strollers. These are all forms of things that are that could be difficult. You know, you're carrying your groceries home. I'm not saying you can be one of those guys like me who will carry all the groceries on one trip, but it shouldn't be hard for you to carry your groceries home. When you're moving and you're, you know, lifting up that box of books upon the shelf, it shouldn't be overly difficult for you. You should have the base strength to do it. So when you strength train, you're improving at your ability to rock at life. You're simply getting stronger. Number two, it builds muscle. Now, besides the obvious benefit of building muscle that the aesthetics, the aesthetic world gave us, you know, you look good, you feel good. Building muscle actually has a lot of benefits. First of all, by building muscle, you're increasing your metabolism. Now, what does that mean? When someone has more muscle mass, muscle is physically active. Now, 
because muscle is physically active, what happens is, sorry, it's that's not the correct word. It's metabolically active, meaning think of it like a car engine, okay? Now, if I have a car, one of these gas guzzlers that guzzles up tons and tons of gas, I need much more gas. So when you build muscle, you're building yourself a gas guzzler engine that makes it far easier to uh, burn calories and maintain a healthy weight, even at rest. So right now I'm recording this podcast in my car and I'm sitting and I've been on the road for an hour and believe me, it's not fun. The second I get out of the car, I'm going to mobilize, do some, you know, movement, do some light walking to unsit myself. But the fact that I have a high amount of muscle mass allows my body to be uh, guzzling up calories, even at rest time. Now, in theory, that's inefficient, which is by which is why your body doesn't inherently want a lot of muscle mass. But if you're trying to maintain a lean body mass, having a high amount of muscle mass is one of the best factors you can do. In addition, when you strength train, you're moving your uh, muscles in a way that you may or may not move in your daily life. So, for example, if someone's you know a desk warrior and all they do is sit. You know, they, 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 they wake up, they drive, they sit in the car for an hour, they go to work, they sit for eight hours, then they go home and they sit and watch TV for a few hours and then go to sleep, obviously with some eating and drinking and interacting with loved ones throughout that day. When you train, when you strengthen, you're doing movement patterns that you don't access much throughout the day. So when you push something overhead, well, in the ideal world, once again, we should constantly be lifting our babies overhead and throwing balls overhead and putting books on shelves, but we don't. You know, that's not... Uh, realistic approach to life at the moment. So we want to move in those ways, at least in our strength training regimen. And that's why I feel that strength training is so important. Now, how do I go about incorporating this in my life? So the bare minimum, obviously, if you're going to make to the gym once a week, totally cool. If you can only go to the park once a week, all is good. We forgive you. But the bare minimum to affect change, I like to say is at least twice a week, once a week, because it's not that you can't build muscle on a once a week program. You actually could. It's that when I'm, bro, it's red. What's this guy doing? When I'm, um, training, When I'm training and I'm learning new movements like the squat, the hinge, the press, what I'm really doing is teaching my body new movement patterns. Now, when I teach my body new movement patterns, I need to revisit them often. And if I only visit them once a week, it will be a little bit difficult for my body to pick them up well. So I would say the bare minimum effective dose is twice a week. And if you really want to improve, you want to be revisiting these movements at least three, if not four times a week. Now, when you start off strengthening, there's a lot of questions that are asked like, should I split my body? Should I do my biceps? Should I do my triceps? Don't worry about any of that because the body doesn't work that way. The body always works as a whole and it always wants to function as a, as a whole. So if you're a beginner, there's no real advantage to starting to split up the body because you want your body to move and function as a whole and you could still build muscle and you can still build strength pretty easily, especially in a beginner stage, by doing full body routine. So instead of thinking, I got to do one exercise for my biceps and one exercise for my triceps and one for my chest, think, 
what exercises can I do that will incorporate my full body moving at once? So a burpee is a great example because we're going from a push-up into a jump and pretty much every muscle is going to be active in that element. Other compound movements like squats, deadlifts, lunges, and once again, not just for performance purposes, but actually for building muscle and strength, you will see the benefit as well from doing a full body routine three to four times a week in the beginning stages. That is how I would start off strength training. And yes, you can start with just your body weight, work your way towards a pull-up, work your way towards a push-up, work your way towards squat or a lunge or even a single-legged squat. Then as they start getting easy, when you're able to hit like, you know, 10 to 12 to 15 reps comfortably in these exercises, what I want to start doing is two things. Either start loading it with any sort of weight. It doesn't have to be a barbell or a dumbbell or a kettlebell. It can be a sandbag. It can be a water bottle. It can be your baby. It could be pop some books in your backpack. The body doesn't know the difference between a kettlebell, a dumbbell, a barbell. All it knows is I'm moving something through a certain uh, space and with a certain force and at a certain tempo, meaning at a certain speed. So you're going to grab your baby and you're going to start, you know, doing push-ups with them on your back or squats or presses. And at that point, after, you know, your baby gets too light, you can decide, do I want to go the calisthenics route, which is body weight only, which is not bad or good. It just is a way of training. It's fantastic. But the key with uh, gaining strength through calisthenics is you want to make sure that you're progressing your body and not just in endurance, meaning if I'm going from 10 to 20 push-ups, I'm not getting stronger, I'm just having a better ability to endure. On the other hand, if I'm slowly progressing away from a two-handed push-up to harder variations of the push-up, like a one-arm push-up or a close grip push-up or a ball supported push-up or a TRX push-up or, or a ring push-up, I'm giving myself harder ways to go about push-ups and that's where the magic comes in. That's where the strength training comes in. That's the calisthenics route. Now, you can do this in so many ways. Now, if I were to go the weighted route, it's a little bit of an easier progression because all I have to do is add weight to the bar or dumbbell or kettlebell or even a book to my backpack every time. That's why I personally, for athletes, prefer the uh, weight training method because I find it a little bit of an easier progression. Then calisthenics, once again, calisthenics is awesome. If you find a good coach and if you know what you're doing, you can build both strength, size, muscle, performance using your body weight alone. And I think a good program will have a good combination of both. That is how I look at strength. Now, regard, so we said three, four times a week strength, you're covered, good to go, awesome. Now we're gonna look at nutrition, okay? So to keep it simple, I'm not, like I, what I did with the strength, I'm not going to start delving into advanced nutrition strategies. People say, should I have protein before my workout? Should I have protein after my workout? The answer is, is that if you want to um, maximize your performance, you don't have to worry so much about, about, um, pre and post workout in the beginning, you want to be first making sure that you're actually optimizing your nutrition intake. So before I start worrying about what my pre and post workout is, am I actually eating enough? Like, am I eating enough food to ensure that... That didn't even look fucking crazy. Am I eating enough food to ensure that I'm actually um, eating enough in the calorie surplus 
to gain muscle? Am I eating enough protein to optimize muscle gain? And most importantly, am I recovering enough? All right? So protein, there's so many different questions out there regarding of how much protein intake is ideal. And and I think that the the bottom line is anywhere from 1.5 to 2 grams of protein per uh, kilo of body weight will usually do the trick and give it to you. Obviously, the more active you can up your protein intake a bit. Why protein is so awesome is because it just gives you this biggest bang for your buck effect. It, A, it's filling. B, it has a thermic effect. So when you eat it, you're, you're burning extra calories by, by eating the protein. C, it helps optimize muscle growth. And D, if you're eating more protein, you're usually going to have less space for, you know, more junk-style food such as, uh, you know, uh, empty carbs or, you know, other processed foods and garbage. That's the biggest step I would take when it comes to uh, nutrition. And then when it comes to uh, sleep, you know, optimizing sleep, make sure you're getting eight hours of sleep a night. Make sure you're drinking enough water is super crucial as well. I would say, you know, it really depends where you are, but three to five liters a day will help and optimize your um, hydration and ensure that you're getting enough fluids to help accelerate muscle growth and recover properly. Now, the last thing I want to speak about weight, Sean, what about cardio? Okay, so my approach to cardio is very holistic. If you're a runner or you're an athlete and you need to get better at the skill of like long distance moving, whether it's well sprinting and short distance, but sprinting, running, biking, climbing, anything that requires some sort of hiking endurance capacity, then you definitely want to do, you know, aerobic capacity work or what's conventionally called as cardio. But the main uh, thing with that is that you want to make sure that you're doing it in a, in a, a sport specific manner. So if you want to get better at hiking, hike more. Don't get better at running, run more. If you're just someone who has no goal and just wants to do cardio for health, instead of suffering and just saying, oh, let me go on a two-hour run to burn calories, I would actually suggest that you just move more in your life. If you're taking your dog out twice a day for 20 minutes and you're playing with your kids every day in the afternoon and you're jumping and running and playing, that's a far more efficient, far higher quality movement session than just a 30-minute run where you're just pounding your feet against the sidewalk. So that's how I look at it. And I would recommend before you start jumping to cardio and buy the newest pair of running shoes, run barefoot. No, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding, but we'll speak about that in a different episode. I would suggest that you dive more into incorporating more daily movement and play into your life. That's all for today. Have an amazing day, an amazing weekend. Peace out. Hey, I'm Sean, and I'm the Barefoot Athlete. And I want to welcome you on this six-week Barefoot Transition course. Two and a half years ago, we started developing this course and we wanted it to be 12 months long. Why 12 months? Because we felt that if you just spent dozens of years in cushioned shoes, you can't transition that quickly. Realizing that 12 months is not sustainable, we shortened it to six weeks. And in these six weeks, you're gonna dive into foot, knee, ankle, hip, 
shoulder mobility. You're gonna dive into calf, ankle, knee, hip strengthening. You're gonna learn how to take care of your feet, how to release them with tons of soft tissue work. After the first phase is over, after the three weeks are done, your pain is gone, your knees, your hips, your feet are feeling great, ready to rumble, move on to the advanced stage. We learn how to land, we learn how to jump, we learn how to produce force and absorb force. Every single week is action-packed with play, fun, challenges to challenge yourself, your friends, your loved ones, and your community. Tons of strengthening, tons of footwork, and we can guarantee you that in six weeks' time, you will be much, much closer to being able to fully love life and live life in minimalist footwear. And the best part of it all, you're not limited to six weeks. So if you want to go back and repeat a phase, you're more than welcome to. So let's go, come along, and enjoy the course.